politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here after a long holiday weekend. I hope you guys all enjoyed your Easter or Passover, whatever you celebrate. I know for myself, I just unplugged the entire weekend and it was terrific. Um, I really didn't want to come back today, but then I remembered I had a job to do because we have a country to win back because we have already lost it. You know, I was thinking today, typically it's a slow news cycle over something like Easter weekend, but in the era we live in, everything is so fast. And we know so much that we know so little. We are inundated with so much false information. But worse than that is the obfuscation of the stories that do matter. That would color the world so differently from what people perceive. That perhaps that is why we have forgotten how to be a free people. I was thinking just watching all these people I see already vaccinated and they won't stop wearing the mask. Every single juncture that we thought we would cross that would finally end this nonsense. Finally, we thought the, the vaccine has to do it because they're contradicting the other 800-pound gorilla in the room. The tyranny is contradicting the cronyism. They need the vaccines. They need people to get them in order to make their money. So at least then they'll offer to get rid of it. Nope. Not at all. And the fault is our own. Not just the left, but among the 75 million people who voted for Trump, clearly there are many of them that don't understand their rights either. Hamilton said, The sacred rights of mankind are not to be rummaged for among old parchments or musty records. They are written as with a sunbeam in the whole volume of human nature by the hand of the divinity itself, and can never be erased or obscured by mortal power. Now, they can't be obscured because they're always there, but we could refuse to exercise them. And I think this is what the era of social media has done to us. We have pummeled our brains with nonsense. What that has done is it has allowed the media to control our mind itself. It's funny, before going offline for, for 48 hours, um, we had on Friday that big attack, which seems like an eternity ago. We don't hear about it. A Capitol Hill police officer was killed. Someone rammed into a police officer. I mean, this is the big thing that destroyed criminal justice in America that allowed us to hold people that were merely protesting outside without bail. Right? So we make a big deal out of the next Capitol Hill attack. But it's already Monday and it never happened. Just like the Colorado shooting by a Muslim never happened. Just like the Tennessee suicide bomber on Christmas never happened. Just like Las Vegas never happened. It only happened if it meets a certain criterion. And this is because we have a double standard racist justice and political and media system but that is only born out of a lack 
of understanding that we are a free people and we have rights. Because if you understand rights, you apply it equally. But we don't have rights, so it could just be applied at the whims of government. So those, those are the two themes we're going to broach today. The racist war on whites in this country, as well as the fact that we don't even want to be a free people anymore. And the two are really, again, tied together. Now, before we begin and raise your blood pressure, I want you guys to go to conservativewine.com and treat yourself to the world's best wine to calm yourself down like I do. It's good for your blood pressure. Down in Argentina, they have vineyards up at 9,000 feet in the Andes Mountains. They make world-class. I'm talking about 90-point wine there. But now they're coming under threat from radical mobs that are attacking, seizing their land, burning buildings in the middle of the night. And kind of like in America, where if you're of the right ilk, um, you could do anything you want and get away with it. The same thing is true in Argentina. So people are snapping up these wines while they still can. Um, they taste incredible. I have notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather, smoke. They go great with a steak. Folks, this is what keeps me calm. <laughs> If you think I'm ever calm. Today, the guys over at conservativewine.com are get, got in just another special shipment of these wines, and they want to share it with my audience. You get 50% off the wine and 50% off shipping. No need for a promo code. Just go to conservativewine.com and show these winemakers some love. That is conservativewine.com. Keep your heart healthy. Now, friends... Make sure you do have a glass of wine while you read this, because you know this is true. The UK Daily Mail, if you haven't seen it, has a headline. Psychologists claim millions of anxious Americans are dreading a return to normal life after COVID-19 lockdowns are lifted, having grown used to new ways of living during the pandemic. Dinner reservations are gleefully being made again, and long-canceled vacations are finally being booked as Americans look toward the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. But not everyone was racing back. As the world begins to reopen, stories are emerging of people secretly dreading each milestone. Envisioning anxiety-inducing crowds and awkward catch-up conversations. Even small tasks outside the home, such as a trip to the grocery store, are feeling overwhelming to some Americans. Psychologists call it re-entry fear. And they're finding it more common as headlines herald the imminent return to post-pandemic life. By the way, of course, with a mask. I've embraced and gotten used to this new lifestyle of avoidance that I can't fathom going back to how it was. Thomas uh, Pietras, who lives alone and works from his home in the Chicago suburbs, told AP, I have every intention of continuing to isolate myself. And they, they go on to talk about all these stories. Um, folks, this is how you destroy a civilization. It's not just, okay, the lives lost to drugs, to suicide, to missed cancer screenings. We've been talking about that for a year. But this is how you destroy the emotional health and the psyche of a, of a civil, entire civilization. According to a survey in February by the American Psychological Association, nearly half the respondents said they felt uneasy about adjusting to in-person interactions. Could, could you imagine if you thought and conjured up a plan to destroy civilization in a more effective way, you could not have done it. China is laughing to the bank. They're laughing 
as they build empires, our people are terrified to meet other human beings. This is the quality of America. But it's never going to end. You go on and on, story after story, we're seeing madness. Police in Quebec City grab protesters who are not wearing a mask. They just grab them off the street, issue them $1,500 fines. Someone put out in Rebel News in Canada that at least seven people were taken away by the police over the weekend. Brits holidaying in Spain will be forced to wear face masks on the beach and even in the sea after a new decree is issued by government. Right, so we thought that we would illustrate absurdity, as Rush always says, by acting absurd. Now parody and satire are dead because you could not possibly think of something too absurd to actually be implemented. It's not a joke. They will wear it under sea as the water gets in between your mask, obviously. Denying the effects of vitamin D and, of course, covering your face preventing you from maximizing the exposure to vitamin D. Utterly insane. But folks, this psychosis is continuing. The Biden administration launches a $500,000 contest to improve face mask design. The Department of Health and Human Services, I thought this was the Babylon Bee. No, they launched a $500,000 mask innovation challenge to find new and effective masks people where to, to make you feel comfortable. Contest participants have until April 21st to submit innovative ideas that would help eliminate common concerns. So folks, this, if you thought this was going to end on its own and you could ride it out, it will not. It will not. You will never be able to live a free life. You know, there's a case, a New York judge was uh dismisses a case because his attorney would one of the attorneys in the case wouldn't wear a face mask king's county supreme court administrative judge dismissed the case thursday on the grounds that the plaintiff's attorney refused to wear a face mask during jury selection after the lawyer appeared with a face shield and said the cloth mask constricted his breathing judge lawrence nipple issued a one-page handwritten order which is seeking damages for injury in a car crash. Dismissing the matter upon plaintiff's counsel's refusal to proceed with jury selection while wearing a face mask. There's no question that the number one safety measure seems to be wearing masks. I mean, the number one safety measure. I mean, even their own fabricated data shows it's like 1.5%. It's mentally ill. But you're able to have plaintiffs you're able to have fundamental rights be dismissed while meanwhile the same virus is being used to let out criminals how in the world could we live in a society like this you tell me this is never going to end npr um, last week, NPR had, had an article talking about the fact that masks will now be used for the flu. In other words, forever. They have an article titled, Should We Keep Wearing Masks After the Pandemic Ends? And they have all these experts weigh in. 
This is forever. I called it a year ago. But we didn't listen. We didn't listen. And folks, this is why it's so important. I talked about last week, there is a bill in Arkansas that is, um, it passed the Senate and it's going on to the House. It's very important to permanently ban the governor from ever instituting a, a, a mask mandate. Again, we need this because it's precisely in the redder states where the governors have relinquished the mandates that you need to make sure, you know, that we have the power to pass such bills. You got to make sure you end it now because if you don't take the advantage when you have it, this will never end. But this is a story of a, of a civilization that no longer wants to be free. We don't even know what it's like to live free anymore. We don't even care. How many people even want to live freely? That's the big question here. Because most people in America now have earned too much money off of this. They get these stupid stimulus checks. Free food, free this, free medical care, everything. I mean, this has turned America into a communist society. You have big corporate America that's running it. So you either work for big corporate America or you're on the dole. And there's so few people left who are small business owners because they were all destroyed. Which reminds me of our other sponsor today, Bambi. HR consultant. When running a small business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regs. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. They they go for an average of 70000 a year. So if you're a sole proprietorship that, um, you know, often you'll have maybe a few employees, you can't afford that. So Bambi, that's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for your small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager to craft HR policy, maintain compliance, all for 99 bucks a month. That's $1,200 a year for a $70,000 position. Um, with Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, text. Um, they give you the same individual so it's not like you call into a black hole and get some sort of guy from india they have the same person dedicated to your business so they have that institutional knowledge of your business um they craft the policy to fit your business so folks there's no risk to just signing up let bambi help get your free hr audit today it's only month to month there's no hidden fees you can cancel any time Go to Bambi.com slash conservative right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash conservative. Spell the BAM to the B. B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash conservative. Folks, you didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on government HR compliance. So that's the thing. I mean, there are very few independent small business owners left in this country, and that was done by design. So I don't think we continue to have a country that values freedom. That's part of the problem. Then there's another story. Delta cancels over 100 flights. Open, They open some middle seats. Now, anyone who goes to the airport understands that they won't shut up with the mass stuff. They're getting more psychotic every day. 
They're literally yelping on their announcements five times on the flight. Make sure you put it on between sips and bites. I mean, it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's no end in sight. We talked a lot about lawsuits. I'm going to try to work on that more. I don't know what to do anymore. But anyway, look at how this crap comes full circle. Imagine what we could have done with this virus. We could have educated people to take, you know, 3,000, 4,000 IUs of, of vitamin D every day for 12 months. Zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, magnesium, among other things. That alone would have made them very healthy. And then if you're, you know, a little bit more scared, you could have taken prophylaxis of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And it could have been done with. Instead, we did the voodoo, which stopped none of this. And then now we have the vaccine. Guess what's happening with the vaccine? It's making everyone sick. So now they have staff out um, because they're sick with the vaccines. Some employees are having adverse side effects from being vaccinated, reports ABC News. Sunday websites at 3 Delta Hub showed 33 canceled arriving or departing flights. So as they cancel... They engage in the cancel culture culture against, um, uh, you know, Georgia for passing election reform. They're canceling themselves with that stupid vaccine. You literally could not have conjured up a more counterproductive way of dealing with this virus. And this is all to say why I agree with the following article in the American Conservative written by Nick Hancock. He's right. Don't just let it slip beneath your nose. Go maskless. Face the day. The shopping with other errands may not get done, but you'll achieve even more with your time. Take yourself and others out of the comfort zone just a bit. You just might save America. Even if states loosen or lift their mask mandates, private companies are holding fast them. This juke move is causing too many conservatives and libertarians on the right to falter. I love this point he makes. Whereas in the former case, imposing masks on people was a violation of their rights, dignity, and the fundamental norms of civilization, the latter is seen as merely the exercise of, pri- of property rights. I love, listen to this, I love the way he expresses it. These free market fundamentalists excuse the face covering mandates when handed down from a corporate office because it's, it's not a government one. This intellectual cowardice undermines the very first premise of the free market, the indispensable cohesion and trust that must exist within a social order. It should be obvious how mass masking tears at the fabric of society to say nothing of the psychological effects on future generations. There can be no compromise on this matter, but some businesses are trying to find one. They require employees to mask up while allowing customers to go mask-free, thus creating or exaggerating a class divide between lower-wage workers and the wealthier consumers that will not be good for anyone's safety in the long run. The mask mania is not going away on its own. Yes, there are anecdotally more folks defying the de facto oxygen rationing. The huddled masses yearning to breathe free are poking their noses out from under the muzzles, but this can't be standard symbol of protest forever. Thankfully, some people are drawing a line in the sand like Terry White. White, a 65-year-old woman, went massless into Galveston, Texas, Bank of America branch last week. 
She stood on line in her designated floor marker, exhibiting no symptoms of any kind at least six feet apart from others. Her story ends with her becoming a tragic hero. This is the type that Aristotle described as someone who brings out our sense of pity for their blunder while also arousing fear in us that we would suffer the same fate if we were in a similar position. Bank of America ordered her to mask or leave. They called the cops when she refused, even though she only wanted to close her account. Body cam footage, which has gone viral internationally, shows White mocking the police officer's warning that she risked being arrested for not leaving the property. By the time the officer pulled out his handcuffs, she turned to the exits, but by the officer's discretion, she was too late. The officer shoved her to the ground, where he proceeded to break several bones in her foot and spill her personal belongings across the floor. The customers mocked White, and none of them showed her any sympathy. Why not just put on the dang mask? There are certainly many valid criticisms of this woman. That goes to the essence of being a tragic hero. But any conservative libertarian or other right-wing person who chooses denunciation over approbation is part of the problem in this country. It's time to face down the enforcers of these ridiculous rules. Patriots, get ready to leave your comfort zone and leave the mask at home in the trash. Hold your head high with pride in yourself and your country as you walk into the grocery store, bowling alley, bank, or restaurant. Now, the point of this is not to be rude or invite physical conflict. As late Representative John Lewis put it, never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in trouble, necessary trouble. So he talks about how this is going to play out. Um, give the hostess, doorman, greeter, or whomever your full attention attention when they ask, um, do you have a mask? No is a good enough reply. Resist the urge to give a speech or an excuse like having a medical condition. It's then likely you'll be asked to leave or told that they cannot serve you. From here, be as polite and as reserved as you can when you walk in. You can say a little more because at this point, the other person is all done parroting the scripted lines given to them. I appreciate the fact that you have that policy. I want to give you my business, and I would love to be a returning customer. That's why I'm asking you to please weigh those things and let me pay for your services without forcing me to wear a mask. Again, more than likely, this isn't getting you anywhere at first glance. Killing them with kindness is the approach here. How far that goes depends on the situation and people involved, but any new anti-masker will benefit from that experience. In an ideal scenario, you're being gracious and loud enough by for bystanders to take notice of what's going on. Asking normal people to essentially pull stunts like this may be futile, but the threats to individual liberty today are also highly disruptive of normal social functions that bond communities together. No great institution in America today is going to save us, so it's up to those willing to set an example. Spring is upon us, but don't become a sunshine patriot. Challenge yourself and those around you in a safe and responsible manner. And if enough others do the same, that will be the last of the mass mandates, private or public. Again, that is Nick Hankoff, the American conservative, take a stand against the mask mandates. And chalk that up to one of the columns I wish I would have written. I think that was very well said. This is where we are. We're hoping someone's going to do it for us. And look, 
I mean, I'm going to continue fighting legally. I'm going to continue fighting in the state legislatures. It's an all of the above approach. But at some point, you need to get a group of people together and just say no. If need be, come in in groups. If you feel better that way. You know, don't come in some of these like flash mobs or something making a lot of noise and ruckus. But we can't rely on other people to give us grace because they're never going to. This will never end because there was never any science or legal rationale behind it from day one. So it's just as illogical today as before. Everyone's like, how do you do it? We were already vaccinated or, you know, 12 months we've seen it doesn't work. It didn't work from day one. It wasn't legal, moral, or humane from day one. But it was done nonetheless. So they're going to continue doing it. They're going to continue doing it. So that's the story. We're no longer a free people. Now, one one of the consequences of not being a free society is when your rights come from government, not from God, government gets to choose not just which rights under what circumstances they can be exercised, but also who has those rights. And it's time that we speak out unambiguously about the direct war on whites from our corporate government class. We didn't pick this battle. We don't want it. We treat everyone with dignity as an individual We want a meritocracy. If you have merit, you're elevated to the position that need you know that that you deserve, regardless of your background. And if you're a criminal, you are deterred and punished, regardless of your background. But here we have in this society where basically anything that's perpetrated. By anyone who happens to be black, it's no longer news. So it turned out, getting back to what we started off with, the Capitol Hill attacker, we don't hear about that guy. His name is Noah Green. He's a member of the Farrakhan's Nation of Islam. And in one post just two hours before the attack, Green called the federal government the number one enemy of black people. Because our media, government, corporate culture legal culture has now codified a lie, a blood libel that somehow the system shafts blacks when it's the exact opposite and the more they do it, the more they legitimize this budding, violent black supremacist movement. Every time they talk about white supremacism, it's projection. There is black supremacism in this country that is going, not just undeterred, it's being gaslit by our government. So here's one attacker. A policeman's dead, but no, no problem. Capitol Hill. Hmm. Remember, we were able to get rid of fundamental rights because of an attack on Capitol Hill police. Well, not so much anymore. I want to show you just where woke justice has gotten us. Some examples and again, how it ties back into COVID, because COVID is, was being used as a, yet another excuse to not lock people up. But of course, it depends on the color of your skin. This is a case out of Columbus, Ohio. Javante Williams. 
he had firearms charges. 17 years old. 17-year-old young black who was violent with a long rap sheet. This is the story of America now. It's a story of almost all criminals not being deterred, but particularly if you are black under 18, I mean over 18 too, but certainly under 18, our legal system has basically said you are not allowed to be locked up. You're just not allowed to be locked up. So in July, he was arrested for firearms charges. He was let out on home detention with a GPS tracking, which usually doesn't work anyway. But two and a half months later, the judge put him on what's called an honor system house arrest. Yes, it's exactly as it sounds, an honor system. So he was involved in a big gang shooting at a mall in in Columbus on September 20th of last year. And he shot someone and then got out of the car and like gangster style stands over the guy on the parking lot ground and shoots him point blank, kills him. 21-year-old Sage Martin was the victim. Now, last week, so he was arrested in in October. (laughs) Last week, he's let out again on home detention after having committed a murder on home detention because there is nothing a black juvenile could do to warrant pretrial holding. Judge Kim Brown, may her name rotten hell, let this guy out on bail and he wound up posting it. Now prosecutors are concerned that witnesses are going to be intimidated. We spoke about this a lot last year and two years ago. One of the things they're doing with letting out people that previously would have been held is it's not just the fact that they go on to commit more crimes while they're out and then they get caught and then they get let out again and commit more crimes. But it's that you can't land a conviction for the original crime Because they're out, the victims and witnesses don't want to testify. This is not a bug. It's a feature. It's done by design. It's part of the jailbreak agenda to ensure that they don't get locked up and they can't land a conviction. This is what prosecutors are facing everywhere. A bid by prosecutors to up the bail was denied, despite this guy's history, by Judge Brown. Who is Judge Brown? So basically, Ohio is going through, like every state, this crisis of juvenile violence. It's manifest. It's, it's part, partly to blame for the record murders. Um, every major city, I believe, I believe, I know Columbus for sure, but Cleveland, Cincinnati, and I think also Akron and Dayton, the five largest cities in maybe Toledo too, in Ohio, had record homicides. Um, uh, last year, Columbus recorded 147 homicides, breaking the record in 1991. That was at the peak of the crime bubble. So a lot of it is because we are no longer locking up juveniles. So much of it is being fueled by juveniles. But also, there is crazy carjacking and car theft And they're getting younger and younger. Some of them are like 12, 13-year-old girls now doing it. 
car theft. So police had this operation game over or something they called it to target juvenile crime. It turns out this dirtbag Judge Brown that loves murderers was the chief author of a statement issued by the Franklin County Juvenile Court judges in February calling the police effort, quote, an unnecessary detention of predominantly African-American youths and called the press conference announcing, announcing it propaganda. This is how they respond to record homicides, record carjackings. They don't care about victims because all they see is the damn color of people's skin. And the sick irony is Sage Martin, the victim here, of this person jailbreak by Judge Brown twice, was black, like, like most of them, not all of them are. The mother of Sage Brown said, just as the rest of the community, I'm truly flabbergasted that first juvenile justice, Kim Brown, gave such a low bond. And although I understand just Chris Brown did not want to overturn his colleague's ruling, I find it reckless considering how the court is very much aware that in 2020 alone, Javanti had been caught with firearms as his charges escalated, his punishment lessened from being in a juvenile detention center to ankle monitoring. It's very disheartening that ju- judicial system did the very minimum to stop him from wreaking havoc on our community. I thank everyone for the continued prayers as we await justice as a community. But these people don't matter. So we basically have a system where the dirtbag judges from the county, state, to federal level, and this is all brought to you by Republicans joining in with Democrats on jailbreak, they basically say, if you're black, you do the crime, you don't do the time. And you put juvenile together with that, forget it. Literally, black murderers do not serve time as juveniles. Now, it would be one thing if we said this about, I don't know, the Amish. Or... Asians or something like that. You guys are the chosen people. You're a protected class. You know what? We're going to let your murderers and carjackers off just because we feel you're superior to everyone else. I mean, that would be bad morally, but on the streets, the consequences wouldn't be that great because they don't really commit that much crime. But what happens when you take the segment of the population that commits the most crime and you tell them, screw off, we're not, we're not, Deterring you, we're not locking you up. I I forgot to look up the 2019 data, but I had the 2018 FBI uniform crime data. So so um among the under 18 population, blacks are like 13.5% of the population. They're responsible for 50 58% of murders committed by juveniles, 64% of robbery, 41% of aggravated assault, 52% of motor vehicle theft. 48% of overall violent crime among offenders under 18. Folks, that is the single biggest problem we now have. And, and, And they're committing a greater share of the crime every day. And and again, the victim here was was black. In 1981, Reagan's task force on victims of crime observed that a substantial portion of the violent crime in this country is committed by juveniles who are becoming more violent at an increasingly early age. (laughs) Think about that. He said that in 1981. 
The commission also noted that, quote, juveniles too often are not held accountable for their conduct, and the system perpetuates this lack of accountability. Forty years later, it's much worse. But the jailbreak is being mixed with this sentiment, to quote Orwell, of some animals are more equal than others. This is where we are. Now, there's another terrible story. Among the endless attacks on Asians, this woman in Riverside, California, on Saturday was stabbed to death while walking her dog. Now, it's a CNN article. They claim that it wasn't racially motivated. Let's just take that face value for a minute because that's not the point here. The perpetrator was actually a woman. She had been released just four days prior after assaulting another woman with a deadly weapon. Why was she released? She was given a notice to appear citation. Quote, due to the current emergency bail schedule in place in Riverside during the COVID-19 pandemic. So again, the same virus the same COVID fascism that has been used to criminalize our breath, criminalize our businesses, criminalize our existence, criminalize our emotional health, our children, is also used as a pretext to release the most violent criminals. Remember how all this started when I started talking about this six years ago, when, when the other side was like, we have we lock up too many people for nonviolent offenses. And I, I, I proved from all the data and I said every which way, I was like, dude, we don't lock up people like that. It's all violent people and we don't lock up enough of them and they're already being let out. You could not have possibly conjured up a more dystopian vision of what is taking place. Same virus that's used as a pretext to criminalize us. Beat down a woman and break her bones in Galveston, Texas for not wearing a mask in a bank is being used to release murderers and violent offenders, people who engage in, in aggravated assault. Nobody is held. Often with having to post any bail or a very low bail. But there's one interesting thing I wanted to share with you. There's an article from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Finally, finally, the justice this system is starting to work with the people arrested from Capitol Hill. The mom and son that were arrested for having zip ties. Something's very funny about that, by the way. But, you know, that looks a little bit just too perfect. The judge observed, finally they were let go. But this is after two and a half months of being held without bail. The judge observed there was, quote, no evidence showing they vandalized any property or physically harmed any persons, but held without bail. And that distinction of not having committed even vandalism, much less harming a person, holds true to pretty much everyone arrested and held without bail. Yet there is almost not a person in this country 
that is held. Well, I would say really nobody is held for vandalism and assault. Because even murder, most of them are released. Even if they were already released after violating their parole and then committing the murder on the parole, they're often still released on low bail. But again, what's the difference? Why do you think these people are being treated differently? Race and political views. Because we don't have equal justice in America. Lady Justice is no longer blind. The dirtbag judges have given Lady Justice 2020 vision to discriminate with perfect precision against the right sort of people. Because we have forgotten what it means to live as a free people, to live with God-given rights. So when you have government-given rights, well, they have a license to discriminate. That's the story. Very, very sad times. Now, I just wanted to end off with some updates on some of our state projects, some of the bills we're working on legislatures, the Constitution Action Network teams. You could always sign up at conaction.network if you want to join one of our state teams. We're slowly creating them with team leaders state by state. Um, You know, I, I saw news out of Iowa that Governor Kim Reynolds signed on Friday a bill that will allow people not just to to carry handguns, but to purchase handguns in the state without anything, like like no permitting, no anything, right? Another constitution carry. It's like the only issue where we're literally going back to 1789. It's just unbelievable. And I can't figure out why is it? Maybe you guys have an answer for me. Why is it that this is the one issue that will get red states and the red state politicians and the Republicans there, governors, state legislators, to behave as conservatives. Why can't we get that for other issues? I mean, remember, Kim Reynolds is the same governor that signed the bill at the BS of BLM restoring felon voting rights, signing her own death warrant. But this is what I can't figure out. When it comes to COVID fascism, we can't get this in most states. Now, to be fair, Kim Reynolds has been better on that issue than most governors. But, I mean, I could, I could go on and on, give you a couple of examples. We'll see what we have time for. But West Virginia. Again, they have three to one majorities in both houses. But they have this awful governor who, he's literally, I think, the worst of all Republicans now. I mean, him and DeWine, but at least in DeWine, in, in Ohio, the state legislature overrode his veto. Do you know that in West Virginia, with three to one majorities and one of the most fascist, heavy handed COVID fascist Republican governors, who was really a Democrat until three minutes ago, they're going to go without a single bill limiting emergency power. So remember, we talked about it uh, in, in February, HB 2003 in West Virginia, it passed the, legit, the, the state house by a vote of 97 to zero. Now, you might be wondering, well, why did the Democrats vote for it? It it was garbage. I mean, it was extremely weak, extremely limited, and then even then, it only applied to future emergencies. If you remember, we talked about this amendment by Representative Pat McGee in there who 
uh, tried to apply it, subject those limitations, the 60-day limitation, to uh, the current um, bill, the, the current emergency, and it was voted down. Well, the Senate sat on the bill for a month, passed it out of one committee, but then the Judiciary Committee, they turned it into a pro-executive branch bill and passed it 33 to 1. Like they wound up expanding and codifying into law more power grabs. The House rejected it, and basically now they can't reach an agreement in conference, and the bill is dead. So with three to one majorities, they can't get stuff done. Here we are. Um, obviously, one thing that needs to be done is to call your House representatives and have them hold the budget bill hostage until the Senate agrees to pass those limitations. That's our only constitutionally required bill to pass, and that's the only way to stop this. Leadership in those state in, in both chambers is awful. Do you know that Joe Jeffries, Delegate Joe Jeffries there, couldn't even get a bill on the floor to at least have a vote on eliminating the mass mandate? In committee, you couldn't even get a committee vote. So you moved to discharge it on the floor, and leadership, of course, blocked it. And this is all at the behest of that dirtbag governor. Yet Sean Hannity has Governor Jim Justice on, and he refers to him as an out-of-the-box thinking governor because of his stupid tax plan. I mean, this is how conservative media serves as useful idiots. They, they, they not only refrain from putting pressure on these guys, they actually promote them as heroes. And yeah, it does get, you know, it does get rid of the income tax, but it also would impose new taxes on advertising, barbers, other professional services, shifting, um, basically shifts it on the lower class there, which I don't understand why you do that in West Virginia, but whatever. And I would have a really, really high sales tax. But that that's besides the point. The governor's team hired Mercury, Mercury Communications, a New York-based public relations firm, to get him all this national treatment. Mercury does work for Planned Parenthood and Bloomberg's gun control lobby. But Hannity is convinced justice is a conservative. The Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charles Trump, ironically his name is Trump, Republican, he says, I don't mind saying this on the floor. I know this is controversial. I think the governor has provided good, strong leadership for the state during the pandemic. So folks, this spawned me to act on West Virginia. Um, we have about three people working to form the group as, as team leaders. So now would be a good time to sign up. Um, we have we have about two dozen people signed up for the team. Let's grow that. We need to pressure, name, shame these guys every day. West Virginia is really a tough state. But again, this is a state they have constitutional carry, but fascism. The motto of West Virginia is mountaineers are always free, but not really. They're always controlled by government. And it almost seems like they like it. 
do we want self-government or not? This is what my Constitution Action Network is going to determine. I don't know if we're going to be successful, but if we're not, it means we don't value self-government. We want to be controlled. So, folks, there's a lot more this week. I do want to get to the border at some point. I'm going to talk about some of the stuff going on in the state legislatures. I'm going to talk about the COVID fascism, as always, the racism, the systemic racism in this country, how to fight back against the corporations. We need to self-separate. We need to stop tiptoeing around this private enterprise. They're not private at all. They're propped up by government. Everything they mandate is pushed by government. It's time to fight fire with fire. And that's what we're here here for at CR Podcast. We are not just entertainment, not just information, although I think we do provide an ample dose of that. We are a movement. Folks, thanks for listening. Send us a five-star rating on iTunes. Pass the show around to 50 of your friends, relatives, colleagues, coworkers, neighbors. Spread the truth. Spread empowerment. Make self-government great again. Make people feel the need to be free again. Until tomorrow, God bless you all, and thank you for listening.